Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside, as always, my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, this whole new crazy season that we are, we kind of had a little bit of it last year. We're starting to feel this is the new way of college football, the transfer portal, free agency season, and I mean, it is delivering and then some this year. Yeah, I mean... There are, as of December 13th, there are 1,500 players that have entered their names in the portal. That doesn't include all the ones that have new schools. Uh, And there's still 84 teams that still have to play a college football game in the next month. So, yeah, it is chaos. It's every day. I mean, Cole and I are talking before this episode. Malik Murphy, who's a pretty good college quarterback uh, that was backing up Quinn Ewers. We saw him this year. He enters the portal, and it's like, all these, I mean, it's every single day. There's a new player. There's high-profile guys, tons of quarterbacks. It's going to be a lot of fun the next few weeks, Cole. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lot of kids in the portal. I mean, we all know, you know, the top, let's say, 50. Like, we can at least recognize some of their names and everything. It's like, oh, that makes sense. They'll find a home. But there's a lot of these kids who will not find a home, actually. And, and that's that's part of the, uh, the downside of this window as people leave. But also... A lot of these times, it's not the kid's choice to leave. A lot of times, the coach is like, listen, you better, you, you should leave. Like, You're not going to play here basically telling the kid, like, we would like you to exit. Obviously, you can't fully just take it away, but they had, the kids have to choose. But a lot of these kids are forced out. So um, it is a crazy world for these college students, um, crazy world for the coaches um, who are going in and having to recruit all these transfers and recruit their own players to stay and tell some of their players to leave because... Uh, they got some new luggage coming in, and it's Louie, as Dion would say. Um, and hey, it's it is a wild ride, and it's an exciting time. Like for a lot of us, um, especially if you're a fan of a program that's going out and getting guys. Uh, like for you, uh, it's looking good for Aiden Childs. Uh, Jonathan Smith seems like he's doing a good job, um, getting some excitement. Um, and for obviously for people in Nebraska right now, they're loving it. It's 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 an exciting time for a lot of schools. Yeah, it's one of those things where. Like, not to just speak to Michigan State, but it's why it's important to get a head coach quick. Like, you see Michigan State move fast, getting Jonathan Smith. Texas A&M move quick, getting Mike Elko. Uh, you obviously had Mississippi State moving quick to get their head coach. It's just, you had to do this because you knew what was going to happen. And it was that December 4th, which was uh, the official day that the portal opened, you could start committing. I mean, you got all these kids going in and so many high-profile Quarterbacks, I mean, Kyle McCord, Cole and I were talking about it, like, I think a day before, because this is, that was the last podcast we had, was after the Michigan-Ohio State, or no, it was after the playoff was revealed, but we were talking a lot about, like, what Ohio State would look like, those teams, and he went in the portal right away, and it's like, you have so many quarterbacks that are, I mean, pretty highly touted kids, I mean, Dante Moore was the crown jewel last year uh for everybody i mean when ucla got him over oregon and michigan it was a huge deal and now he's in the portal and honestly he's one of the quarterbacks where it's probably has the biggest like where is he going question mark right now and it's just it's one of those things that you have to like you have to be up to date every single day on what is going on in the portal because you obviously know about the quarterbacks uh, because those are the those are the sexy position. That's the face of your programs. 
But there's so many other guys that just go fly under the radar. Uh, I mean, you perfect example of this is you, Cole, at Michigan. I don't know exacts, but you guys got brought in so many players that no one really probably knew about last year, and they are key players. Like, you brought in those O-linemen uh, that have played a massive role for you guys. And it's just one of those things where don't always just look at the top guy, the top guy, like the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks, because, yes, they matter a lot. But – Always pay attention to those other guys. Like, there's some big offensive linemen. Uh, I know for a fact there's uh, a top 10 kid in the 24-7, Chase Besantis from Texas A&M. I really want Ohio State to get that kid, and, he, and they're in on the guy. So it's those are the type of guys that I think you really want to pay attention to. Quarterbacks are quarterbacks, and they're obviously, like for Michigan State, to be in the race for Aiden Childs and most likely be – where he will go, that's awesome. I mean, the kid's young. He's he's ranked the number one quarterback in the portal rankings. Now, 24-7 uses, I think a lot of the reasons he's number one is due to his age because obviously Cam Ward is probably a better quarterback. Dylan Gabriel is probably a better quarterback. But because of young and you still have two years to play at Michigan State if he does commit there, that's why. But, yeah, Cole, it's constantly evolving. I mean, it's all the time. I mean – Ohio State's guys, kind of they had a pretty big influx last week. Uh, now, to be honest, for Ohio State fans, besides Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming and Chip Trainum, a lot of those guys weren't exactly uh, guys you're going to rely on going forward. But it's crazy, Cole. I mean, it's every day there's something new. Yeah, it's uh, Michigan's used it, like you were saying earlier. Michigan's used the transfer portal perfectly. They've just kind of used it to, to sure up um, – sort of holes in their team as far as they went out and got some linebackers last year and uh um, namely Darius Hausman from Indiana they got they increased their depth on the defensive and offensive line the trenches where that's the biggest place you need depth especially on the O-line and Michigan went out and and that's what they did last year um and obviously it's proving to be uh very useful um yeah I read some um or not read I was in the preseason um uh, cover three podcast they do this thing uh, called summer school and they basically go through and all the beat writers for every power five team talk to them about their school and pretty much every single beat writer they would ask them the same question where are you most worried about your lack of depth and it was always the offensive line and that was something that like yeah we're looking at the quarterback looking at all this but this is big to go in and get some offensive linemen because that's those players get injured a lot and you need depth there. I mean, these guys are playing every snap. They're big boys. They're prone to injury. They're having contact every single play. Um, and those players are just as not in, in some cases, especially if you're good at the quarterback position, they are more important to get. Um, yeah. Michigan's looking for uh, this guy named Joey. They get random guys. Like they have this guy right now, Joey Slackman transferring from Penn. He's the number 22 or 21, 22 ranked. Uh, player in the portal right now is going from Patty's a D lineman. Um, it's looking really good for Dante Moore right now for Michigan. Obviously, he's going to go on a visit to Oregon. He's already been on a visit to Michigan. Um, I know a lot of schools want him. It's looking like Michigan will get him. Um, but the prize jewel here is Walter Nolan out of Texas A&M. People need to get like I mean I don't know where he's going to go right now. I think it's looking a little bit. Like um, maybe Texas. I don't know. A lot of schools are all over this guy. He is the number one guy. Um, he is. Consider him like a Jadavion Clowney 
uh, or if someone like Rashawn Gary, when he had committed to Michigan, if he entered the portal, it's like, it's like that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of names in there and, and a lot of teams, but obviously, like you said, the position that everyone cares about is the quarterback position. And a lot of teams have, have gone out and gotten their guy. Um, people are still looking to get another Cam Ward sweepstakes. And I think once he decides where to go right now, I, I would bet on Miami, um, once he decides where to go, I think a lot of the other chips will fall. I think then you'll see um, Will Howard make his decision, Dante Moore. I think everyone will officially make their decision once uh, Cam Ward makes his decision because that's when other schools will be like, all right, we didn't get Cam Ward. Let's see who else we can get. But it is a wild time. It's it's free agency in college football, but compared to the NFL where there's 32 teams, this time there's 126 teams or something like that. So it is it is quite uh, a wild ride. Yeah, it's one of those things where like Kyle McCord all week has been rumored to go to Nebraska. And I'm telling you guys how crazy this is. I just get a notification that Kyle McCord is out on Nebraska. He is not going there. Um, and that's because Dylan Rayola, all the talk around him, uh, must have got to Kyle McCord. And Obviously, Kyle McCord doesn't seem to be the type that wants to compete at anywhere he goes. So, uh, Kyle McCord, who knows where he's going to go, but that was where everybody thought he was going to go, but they're rumored to be out. So, it's just one of those things where, who knows? I mean, Dante Moore, I have seen the Michigan uh, talk, which would be a great get for Michigan, um, but there's a lot of schools like Cam Ward. I mean, he's he's obviously the Miami, but like if I'm Cam Ward, why wouldn't you go to like USC and look flashy you put up a lot of points where Miami yeah you know how Miami kind of has been uh Will Howard's a sneaky guy uh, a lot of people think he might go to Texas A&M and I think that would be a good spot for him Riley Leonard he's a Notre Dame commit he committed yesterday uh, a guy that a lot of people have been very high on especially in the recruiting world uh, and he was at Georgia Brock Vandegrift uh he's Kind of a sneaky guy, Kentucky guy. Kentucky's picked up three very good players on offense in the last week. So uh, as a team that I Cole and I definitely paid attention to a lot this past season, they're one I would probably keep an eye on next year because they got him. Uh, Chip Trainum on Ohio State, who I think was a very good running back that in a system where he maybe gets to be the guy, I think that could be really good for them. And then they also brought in one of the better receivers from North Texas. So they're, they're making sneaky moves. I mean, I would say if you had to rank the team that's done the most already, it probably would be them. Just, I mean, they got three skill positions on offense, but you just have a lot of like sneaky guys like Dylan Gabriel. I mean, he's been consistently good uh, in his last few years. I mean, last year with, or two years ago with Oklahoma, he got hurt. That kind of factored into his performance, but he was really good. This year he was obviously, he was very good. And now you're going to a team in Oregon that is going to return a lot of those pieces. I mean, there's just so many big name guys. I mean, you're going down the list, like Will Rogers to Washington, like that might sneakily be the best get at quarterback in this portal because that guy can sling it. And now you're going to a system in Washington where that's exactly what they're going to do. So it's, I mean, I just love going up and down, looking at quarterbacks, uh, seeing just, I mean, Michigan state had three quarterbacks, scholarship players go in the portal uh, only one of those guys has a new home in Cole's backyard, Sam Levitt's going to Arizona State. So that could be a little good spot for him. I think uh, Kenny Dillingham is a he's a good quarterback coach, and that could be a possible spot. And I mean, you just look at, like, guys I like on offense, like Trevor Etienne. Like, this guy's one of the – he's a guy you want to get. And unfortunately, it looks like – 
by a lot of the things I'm seeing is Georgia is going to be the favorite there. And that uh, Georgia gets another amazing running back. And I think he's like, he's just one of those guys that you want on your program. I mean, you look at what his brother's done in the NFL. He's one of the better running backs. And then you look at a guy, and I know in the SEC that was, he was kind of underrated because he played at Arkansas. And Arkansas is, they were a dumpster fire this year. And that's Raheem Sanders. He goes by Rocket Sanders. He he looks to be going to South Carolina. So it's just you go down the list, Cole. It's, I mean, we you and I could talk about this for days. Uh, Georgia gets a really good receiver commit. The number one receiver, according to 24-7, in London Humphreys from Vanderbilt. Uh, Deion Burks was a kid at Purdue. I watched a lot this year, watching the Big Ten. Uh, speedy slot guy. Uh, think Rondale Moore type. Uh, he just went to uh, Oklahoma. So it's just the interesting thing with the quarterbacks, I would say, is you. Cole and I were talking about Malik Murphy today. It's like you kind of thought he probably would go to the portal, but you thought he'd maybe wait to the playoff. Like perfect example, Cole said before we got on, what if Quinn Ewers goes down against Washington and and he is banged up. He got hurt in the SC, or in the Big 12 championship. He hurt his knee or his, or his hip. And, like, Malik Murphy comes in, balls out, and they win the game, and they get to the national championship. Like, but there's also the risk that Cole and I talked about you run is, okay, well, if he doesn't go in the portal now, in a month when he would hypothetically enter the portal, all those quarterback spots could be filled. And so it's, it's one of those, what do you think you're going to do? Um and I like it for like for Ohio State's a perfect example. I don't want to spend too much time on them, but I like that McCord got out when he did because that gives them a chance to see what Devin Brown's about against a good SEC Missouri team. Um, and if he looks horrible in that game, you panic. You, you go and you find a way to get a quarterback, which obviously, unfortunately, at that time, your options are probably going to be limited. But it's just one of those things where I think it's a nice luxury to have when you have some depth because in these bowl games, let's be honest, Ohio State probably, unfortunately, does not care if they win the Cotton Bowl. Um, that's just how you know, those teams set their standards highly to win a, a national championship, and they failed. And so they're testing Devin Brown. There's a lot of there's a lot of good talk out of Devin Brown's camp. Uh, there's a lot of good talk from Ohio State guys about possibly returning. So. Not too much attrition, I'd say, on Ohio State. Obviously not on Michigan. Uh, they, If anybody, I think a few guys have entered the portal for Michigan. They are meaningless players, uh, no offense. But I think I saw like a corner entered a few days ago um, or something, and I, he never played. And so Michigan State, they have a ton of turnover. New coach, uh, no new portal guy is committed, but there's a lot of guys that there is heavy interest in. So... It's going to be fun. I mean, it's not ending soon. Like, bowl games start this weekend. Cole and I are going to get to that in a few minutes. But it's not ending soon, Cole. And uh, we will do our best on the podcast and on social media to keep you informed with all the stuff that happens on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it is... Um... It, it, it's wild um, and every everything is just constantly changing and I'm just going to do a quick run through really quick just of all the schools that have because quarterback's the most important position it's the one that really makes the team go obviously exhibit A is Jordan Travis him getting hurt and because of that Florida State leaving the playoff your quarterback matters more than anything so that's what I'm going to focus on right now um, first school North Carolina they got a new guy after um, with the parting um, 
Drake May. We got Max Johnson from Texas A&M. He played uh, a little bit at Texas A&M this year, then got hurt, but he didn't look bad. I think he could uh, fit well at Texas at North Carolina. Tyler Shuck, um, he's like 25 now, something like that. He's transferring from Texas Tech to Louisville. Um, so there's another guy. Jeff Brom has his guy. Um, another guy who can he can feel comfortable throwing the ball, which Jeff Brom needs. Um, Obviously, he's had Arizona State, got Sam Levitt. I don't know if he'll be starting. I doubt he'll be starting next year, um, but he is a notable transfer. Um, and then uh, Grayson McCall. Uh, a few years ago, he set the record for um, passer rating in the season. Uh, since then, it has been broken, I think, twice by um, Mac Jones broke it and Bryce Young broke it. So, obviously, it continues to change. But um, he is a very good quarterback. He's going to NC State, and I – they're, what NC State's been trying to do, and they started to get better at it as the year went on, um, they try to spread the ball out a little more down, throw it a little more. And with that defense, if they have a competent um, signal caller there, Grayson McCall, I think it could be they could be a sneaky team to watch next year with him. Um, Tyler Van Dyke to Wisconsin, um, very important. Uh, Luke Fickle getting a guy who can also run more of his spread offense, a guy who can, he can trust more throwing the ball. Um, Will Rogers to Washington, a lot of experience there. Dylan Gabriel to Oregon, I think he's going to be like Bo Nix 2.0. Um, just they do a lot of short screen passes, a lot of just um, creative plays to get their playmakers the ball. I think Dylan Gabriel could challenge actually uh, Bo Nix's uh, what he was going for this year in the completion percentage record. Jeff said earlier, Brock Vandergriff to Kentucky, Riley Leonard to Duke. We didn't talk about that one. That's a really big one too. Um, yeah, Riley Leonard to Notre Dame. Uh, that's a really big one. Notre Dame's got their guy again. Um, and that's an also Marcus Freeman, he won't if he if they don't do like really well next year, at least get to maybe two loss, ten win team or eleven wins, uh, there will be a little pressure because he he continues to have a guy who can play quarterback there. And if if you have that, there's hard to see room for excuses there in his third year. Um and yeah, now we're we're still waiting, looking like Aiden Childs number one will go to Michigan State. So congratulations! But yeah, that's important. A lot of these guys are making big decisions that are changing um, these schools uh, for their season next year. This is where next season uh, is being crafted right now, and all the big major moves are for next year are being made right now. So yeah, the sport does not sleep, um, and it's it's just a fun fun time. Uh, real quick before we go into the bowl game preview what are your thoughts so we had this question earlier in the year i asked you this we said who do we think will be better long term matt rule or luke fickle so it seems like both are doing a lot of work they had similar seasons that underwhelming seasons they're both doing work to get their guys in luke fickle got uh tyler van dyke i think it was today or yesterday um matt rule obviously not getting recorded anymore but looking like a potential big flip for Dylan Mariola. It's not confirmed, but we got some crystal balls and those things are usually pretty telling. Um, so trajectories are looking up for both programs. I would say if we reevaluate right now, who do you think is going to be the better long-term head coach and which program will be on a better trajectory? So I'll definitely switch from where I was. Cause I said, Wisconsin <laughs> in both scenarios. Cause you asked, I believe you said this year and then long-term I said, Wisconsin, Wisconsin for both. Now I think Luke fickle is going to be great for Wisconsin, but it seems like the NIL guys have come in and really 
made a presence, I would say, for Nebraska. I know, like, th- this week, or today, actually, and we're recording this Wednesday, December 13th, Julian Fleming is on campus at Nebraska, and I think he will go there. Um, that's a five-star receiver that really, if he didn't, if he wasn't behind Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka, uh, and he was behind Olave and Garrett Wilson for a year, he's going to put up crazy good stats. And so you get a guy like him. I'm a little skeptical on Rayola, to be honest, Cole. I have a I have a theory that if you have transferred three or four times in high school and then you've committed three times in college, I just there's been a lot of like this happens more in college basketball where that kid just goes from prep school to prep school to prep school and it basically comes down to that kid's not a competitor. Um, I still think Rayola is going to be really good. Yeah, I'm probably and part of that is I'm a little bummed he didn't go to Ohio State in the first place. But to go all those schools, that's I, that's, that sends a red flag, red flag to me. But, no, Matt Rule, I think NIL is on board at Nebraska. Nebraska also realizes that it's going to be harder to win their conference now because they were, to be honest, in the last four years or however long that division like stuff happened. It's been more than four years. But they were in the easy part of the Big Ten, and they never got to a Big Ten championship. So time is now, and I'm going to give I'm gonna give Nebraska the nod, Cole. Yeah, I mean – I don't think you're you're I think it's definitely a concern the way Dylan Mariola has moved around, committed, decommitted, and all that, and can't stick with one commitment. I do think that is a fair concern. Obviously it could just work out beautifully, he's a great player, but it also it could turn out where oh he transferred after one year or two years, kinda like Dante Moore did. And you're just like, Oh, are any of us surprised? We saw how his recruitment went. So yeah, I could go either way. Um I I thought Wisconsin would have the better year. Um, this year, but uh, Nebraska would be better long term. Um, I would just say they both had pretty similar years. I think you might be a little more, be just solely be, because of expectation, you're a little more excited if you're Nebraska um, about this season than Wisconsin. Um, but I, I do think like anything could happen. Like I would not be surprised if Luke Fickle and Wisconsin had the better next five years than Nebraska. Um, but I also, I can see it going either way it, right now. All the momentum feels like it's with Nebraska. I do think, uh, like you were saying, like we talked about earlier in the year, Nebraska is that school, that alumni base, their fan base. It is a sleeping giant. They, the only thing they love is Cornhusker sports, not just football sports. They have the record for biggest volleyball game. They had a volleyball game at their football stadium this year. They sell out any sport, um, at any time. They, they just love their Cornhusker ball. Um, no matter what kind of ball they're using. So um, I do think that they're they're looking for the come up, and I think Matt Rule has, has proven he can do it, but only time will tell. But, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, both teams, did, uh, did both teams miss out on a bowl? Oh, no, Wisconsin plays. Or Wisconsin got in. Nebraska lost on the game-winning field goal from Iowa, which eliminated yeah. them from the uh, bowl season. Classic Nebraska. Even without Scott Frost, they're still losing one possession games. <laughs> yeah, they, they they still are. So Cole, I wanna I wanna transition into some bowl games this weekend. We also want to talk about some of you may have seen this on the social media. Some of you have, might not. If you're listening to this, definitely get in on this. Cole and I are doing a Capital One Bowl Mania. This is through ESPN's website. It's very easy to use. If any of you do. ESPN Fantasy Football, you literally go to that app. There's a drop down at the top, and you can go to this. Um, and the group is called, and we've put screenshots out there, and we'll continue to post info about it. 
It's called A Degree in Sports. Password is A Degree in Sports, no spaces, all lowercase. And this is a bowl mania pick em where you're going to pick all the bowl games this year. Now, I will say there's a lot of bowl games and they're spread out over a long period of time. I would recommend do it day by day. Go pick your Saturday games for this week. We have seven of them. Go pick your Saturday games. Make sure those are locked. The picks lock for each game when kickoff starts. It's not like March Madness where if you uh, don't get your picks in, they will be invalid and you can't go do it uh, for like a game in a week. So go do that. A winner gets $43 cash prize. We did 43 because there are 43 games you have to pick. Um, and no entry fee. Cole and I are giving it out. Uh, share this. Put it out on social media. We want to gain some followers, gain some attraction to the podcast. A lot of people don't know about what Cole and I do and how we talk sports uh, once or twice a week. So it's just a way to get interest in the podcast. And you can compete against Cole and I. Uh, I think Cole and I know our football pretty good, but bowl games are very, very hard to pick because you have so many quarterbacks going, you have so many players, coaching staffs, uh, you have so much going on. And so without further ado, we have seven games this weekend. Cole and I are not going to talk about every single bowl game. Uh, That's just, there's a lot of bowl games uh, to happen. But we have some big ones on Saturday from like a brand recognition. I mean, we get get UCLA, Boise State. Uh, Those are two uh, programs out west that have a lot of backing. Uh, you have obviously both starting quarterbacks are not there anymore. Well, Dante Moore is gone. He was not the starter uh, towards the end of the year. That was obviously uh, Ethan Garbers. But you look at uh, Taylor Green, Boise State's quarterback, he's gone. So Cole, just kind of give us a, uh, and I'll give you some thoughts. Just give me kind of the game you're most excited for maybe this weekend. Uh, obviously, we after Saturday and then on to Monday, we get games pretty much every day. And then we only get like Christmas and the Sunday off. So it's pretty much every day going forward. But Saturday kind of kicks us off with seven bowl games. Yeah, uh, I think the clear one for me on Saturday is UCLA Boise State. Um, two pretty big brands. Um, and I also think it'll be interesting to see now that uh, UCLA has kind of settled and said, all right, we're going to stick with Chip Kelly. Um, I think in Boise State is getting their new head coach and starting to figure all that out. I think it will be interesting to see can UCLA finish the job. I think this is this is one where it's big for momentum for either program uh, going into next year. Um, good to see kind of some of their other guys, some of their young guys. Um, I think I think this is one that's that's really important for next year um, and the off season and the excitement around the programs, especially UCLA. Uh, heading into the Big Ten, you want to go into the Big Ten with momentum, not going into the Big Ten with, oh, we just lost to a Mountain West team. Boise State's a really good team, so it's not a bad loss. But I think uh, it's important for for UCLA to, to get this get the job done. And Boise State was hot at the end of the year. They they finished this year strong. Um, I think that one is is fun. I, I I like a lot of them. I think Jacksonville State, Louisiana is is interesting because of. Um, just all everything that was around Jacksonville State this year uh, and getting into the bowl game, um, yeah. There's I, I'm going to be watching a good amount of these, but those are the two that I would say uh, I'm most interested in. Uh, the beautiful thing about bowl games in bowl season, so a lot of people throw the word around uh, meaningless bowl games, and that is 
you got to find the meaning. Obviously, it's not as meaningful as we're going to win this for because we want to get one more win in for a pride. That's not the meaning. Uh, as a fan, we find our meaning. This is a preseason game for next year. This is a, where a lot of the guys who aren't going to be there next year um, aren't going to play. Some of the guys will. Some of the seniors will get their one last game in. But a lot of these guys have already transferred who won't be there next year. Um, they're going to give the young guys, the guys who are next up, some play time. Um, and it's a chance to see a lot of your up-and-comers uh, really play meaningful minutes for the first time. And it's, and it's an exciting preseason game that means something, that's it's for something. Um, and I, I think it is, it's very fun to watch it from that perspective of, oh, like, what do we got next year? Like, oh, this player is really good. This is, the, this is our freshman. Or you see a running back who hasn't played all year because he's a freshman break off a big run down the side. Like, oh, we got that next year. And it's it really fuels you for the rest of the year. So um, watch. If you're a fan of any of these teams, no, no matter what, you need to watch your team. But if you're just a fan of college football, watch the games. Um, and it'll help you learn a lot about uh, what you're going to have to see next year. It's a pre. This is the bowl games, except for the main ones except for the playoffs are a preview to next year and i think it's it's exciting to watch yeah and it's a grouse a great example cole because this is a this is the best opportunity some of these kids especially the kids that weren't the starter for the year have to prove themselves in a game like this perfect example of this is what ohio state is going you're going to see when ohio state uh plays in two weeks and i'll talk about that when that game gets closer but devin brown was picked as the backup all year uh, it's no secret Ohio State fans were not a fan of Kyle McCord as the season went on. Devin Brown has a chance to come in, have a really good game, propel himself into next year. And there's all these kids. I mean, you just look at – I mean, I remember just watching games this year, and they're like, yeah, th- this guy's coming out party was last year's bowl. So like Cole said, it's a perfect example for a lot of these young kids to get a chance to shine on a national stage. Like, yeah, it's not like you're playing in front of – 80,000 fans but all these games are televised and you look at some of these teams yeah all games are televised but these are ESPN ESPN 2 ABC like you look at Saturday I mean we have games where Georgia Southern and Ohio play okay at 11 that kicks off our day of bowl games both those teams this year if they've been on ESPN I would be shocked Uh, they're probably ESPN plus and uh, the Mac had a contract uh, that may be Maction for Ohio, but they're getting chances to prove themselves on a national scene. Uh, one game I want to say on Saturday that kind of surprising, we're not doing a plus picks uh, for the bowl season. Uh, it's just, there's too much going on. Lines are changing constantly. And we're also doing this bowl mania, which is going to be a lot of fun, but I'm going to give you some betting advice. Miami of Ohio plus six and a half on Saturday. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, they went in, beat Toledo in the MAC championship. I watched that game. I picked that game. Uh, I was very impressed. And their quarterback, who has been a uh, he's been a great story for them, Brett Gabbert. He's back. He's he committed to coming back to Miami of Ohio. So keep an eye on that. Plus six and a half seems a lot to me. But you're right, Cole. I I just like that. You're right. There's no meaningless bowl game now. To some players, like your first round draft picks. Those guys, okay, it's meaningless to them. They're probably not going to play. But from a from a totality of the players in college football, it definitely means a lot. And it's a perfect opportunity for them to just prove themselves on a national scene. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that will hate on 
the player for being selfish for not playing this game. And I do think there's some situations where where it is, depending on the school, where sometimes it is selfish to maybe to, to not play in your game because you want to prepare for the NFL. But don't be mistaken. I think there's a good amount of these teams where they come to a mutual decision with the coach where the coach is like, look, like I want you to be safe. I want you to go to the NFL. And the coach is also like, I also need to know what I got for next year. Like it's, I, I do think there's a lot of conversations where some coaches are like, look, it's mutually beneficial for you not to play in this game. You get to like, obviously like we wish we could have done more, but we're in a bad bowl game this year. So I need to see what I got for next year. I want you to be safe so you can have the most success in your career. Um, Cause if we're being completely honest, I know it's, it's a, it's a pride thing and it is a um, kind of just uh, stand tall, do the right thing, but I don't think it's that black and white. Um, because I do some, in some cases, I think it's you are doing the best for your team by not playing because it gives them a chance to play uh, meaningful minutes. The guy who might be backing uh, a, a certain player going to the NFL up, and I think um, I do think there's a good amount of those conversations. It's not all on the player. I think there's a good mutual conclusions that are come to from player and coach, where it's like let's see what we got next year. And um, so I guess any I don't really see that much of it anymore. But any any hate that will go to I, just be careful or. Take a second to think about it before you you kind of get angry at any player for going um, for for leaving because I don't think it's that black and white and I think sometimes it is best for the team to like I think it's best for Devin like if Kyle McCord were going to the NFL or whatever I think it's best for Devin Brown that he gets to play um, and best for Ohio State next year I think that is what's best for the team um, so yeah I think. Uh, uh, same with Drake May. Drake May not playing in the game. I think it's best for their backup to get some meaningful minutes and best for North Carolina to learn what life is like without him. So, yeah, that's just my little thing on bowl week. And I, I like I love all the bowl games, um, but let's not get too riled up about them. Yeah, and I'll be watching every single bowl game. Uh, if, I, if I can possibly do it, I'm going to watch it. So let's transition to college basketball because, Cole, we have an amazing weekend of college basketball. Uh, obviously, we just talked about all the good bowl games on Saturday, but college basketball is going to dominate from a top team perspective, I would say, on Saturday, and it even starts Friday night. Uh, obviously, want to start with the big one that, I mean, for anybody that knows and has been following college basketball – Purdue, Arizona, they meet in Indianapolis Saturday afternoon. To be honest with you, I am pissed off that this game is on Peacock. It's a shame. Uh, a game like that should never – that's like putting that's like putting uh, Ohio State and Michigan in football. Now, obviously, that's a bigger game than this. But you're putting one against three in the country on Peacock. That's – I just – I'm not a fan of that because not everybody can get to that. That game should be on Fox, National Fox and everybody should be able to watch it. But, Cole, this game is going to be crazy. I mean, you got two of the better uh, big men in the country, and I'm I'm not putting Umar Bello at all as the uh, as a comparison to Zach Eady, but they have a lot of guys in Arizona, number one team in the country right now. I am going to totally butcher his name. Um, who is the – oh, I can't even – it's I'm the first name, no clue, but Crevis, their freshman big – uh, from Lithuania, like this kid is special. He's seven two. Him and Edie are gonna be so fun watching battle it out. I will say, in my opinion, Arizona is the best team in the country. Watching now for a month and a half, but I will say, ironic thing with these two teams, Cole. What have these two teams not done in the last really basically 
in the last 10 to 15 years with how good have their teams been? What have they not done? Made it out of the first weekend of the tournament. <laughs> exactly. And now you meet as probably it, most experts would say these are two of the probably the two best teams in the country. I would say if you had a consensus, these would be one and two. Uh, and so we're going to get great guard play, and that's going to be underrated. I mean, you got Caleb Love and Braden Smith going head to head. Kylan Boswell for Arizona. Pelle Larson. I mean, it's just star-studded, and it is going to be a great game. We don't have lines yet because college basketball doesn't put lines out to usually the day before a game, but expect Arizona to be favored in this game if I had to guess, but it would be a one, two, maybe three-point game. I'm excited for this one, Cole. Yeah, I mean, this is these are two teams, like you said, that haven't made it out of the first weekend, been disappointed in the past, but have really, really good returning rosters. And not only that, they've added to them. They have better pieces than they had last year. They're two teams that have taken that next step to ensure that they aren't the joke of the tournament like they have been in the past. Um, these are these are not the same teams from last year. They're both they're similar in the fact they have a lot of returning talent, but they are they are balanced teams. Um, they have equal parts, really good guard play, and uh, good big men. And I mean, this is. Like I, these, this matchup is. I do think Arizona's going to win, but I mean Purdue. Like no one would be surprised. Purdue won either. It is going to be. Um, it's just a battle of two teams that, to me, are exactly the same in the way they play almost. And um, I won't be surprised if we got a shootout the whole game. A, a few years back, Michigan played Ohio State. They were both ranked in the top like fifteen, and the whole game it was like. One point advantage, one point advantage to the other team. And they kept going back and forth. And I would not be surprised if this whole game is just like this. Um, and I, I mean, this is a game that I will be glued to my TV for for the whole three and three hours that it's on. Yeah, and Purdue got athletic this offseason. They, I mean, you look at their team last year, uh, they did not have a lot of athletic players. You saw a lot of shooters but not exactly guys that could get their own bucket besides Zach Eady. Uh, they bring in Lance Jones and they bring in uh, freshman Miles Colvin. Very uh, athletic guys. Cam Hyde, he was on the team last year. He's now a uh, redshirt freshman. Typical Purdue thing where they redshirt a kid and he has tremendous success. He isn't scoring, but if you look at his plus and minus when he's on the floor for Purdue, it's tremendous. And so yeah, this game I can't wait. And the best part about this is this isn't even the this isn't even the I mean it is the best game, but we have so many other games. North Carolina, Kentucky, two of the best blue bloods in the country, or I mean pretty much historically. Um, and this game is part of the CBS Sports Classic, which has kind of become a big deal. It's North Carolina, Kentucky, and then UCLA, Ohio State. The UCLA, Ohio State game. Not as much hype around it. Ohio State's looked really well or good. They lost last week to Penn State, but um, this is the premier game of that one. And <clears throat> these are two teams that are scoring. I mean, you look at these teams right now. Kentucky's averaging 90, almost 91 points a game. North Carolina at about 85 points in this game. So if you want defense, don't watch this game. Uh, these are two young, well, not actually both young teams. You got Kentucky that is young. Uh, they have some good transfers that have come in. You look at, obviously, Antonio Reeves, Trey Mitchell. Um, but then other than that, it's all five-star freshmen. North Carolina's done it in a very different way compared to Kentucky, and they are relying on lots of veterans and transfers. You got 
Armando Baycott, who's kind of their man in the middle, but their best player is R.J. Davis. R.J. Davis is one of the tougher guards um, in the country. Small guy, but he plays. He doesn't play like his height at all. And then they have three transfers that have come in and helped them a lot. Harrison Ingram from Stanford and Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame. I said three. I meant two. And then a good freshman in uh, Elliott. I don't even know how to say his name, but he is their starting two guard. Elliott Cadeau, he's a five-star um, really good kid. This is going to be a weird game because, I mean, it's going to be a shootout. Uh, both these teams do not pride themselves on defense this year. And I am really intrigued with this game and think I love watching Kentucky play because they don't really have that dominant guy. Reeves averages 18 a game, so you could say that's their dominant guy. But any of their five-star freshmen can get you. I mean, you saw them a few weeks ago. Reed Shepard, the five-star made like I think seven threes against Miami so they have lots of guys that can do it this is gonna be a fun one Cole yeah I mean it's just like it's it's appealing to watch as far as you go on your tv you see Kentucky North Carolina playing I mean that uh doesn't get much better than that it is kind of during the Arizona Purdue game so predominantly it's a shame because I think they'll both be really fun games to watch but predominantly will be on Arizona Purdue I'll have to get two tvs out or something like that for that um but it is Kentucky's a team that can, can can go on a run at any second too. They 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 kind of just well they'll get hot quick. I think that's typical for young guys. They they they're more I say they can they can fuel off emotion really quickly as as young guys, and they can also get low quick because they are so young. Um, they don't have that veteran stability, I would say. But um, when Kentucky's on and hot, they are one of the toughest, if not the toughest team to play in the country when they're, when they're doing all that they can. So it's going to be a really fun game. And, and we got, we got a few others. Walk me through what you think is going to happen uh, for your boys who have not been doing as well as we would hope Michigan state four and five versus Baylor number six, nine and oh. So this is a arena that outside of their March madness upset to Stanford or to Syracuse, which Cole and I were at, at little Caesars arena, they've had a lot of success here. Um, now they haven't played a quality of an opponent like Baylor. Baylor's 9-0. and uh, I don't think Baylor's been tested against like a top, top team. Now, Michigan State's not a top, top team, so I'm not saying that at all. Uh, yeah, the Spartans are 0-2 to start the Big Ten year. It's really weird right now watching this team. I went, I've gone to every game that's home, and they just seem like they're missing something. I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem like they have a leader right now. Uh, I think a sneaky guy that they're getting back here is Jackson Kohler in the next week because he's a stretch five that I think they're actually going to let stretch the floor. Um, a lot of hate against Michigan State right now from a Xavier Booker standpoint. Uh, he's a five-star freshman, uh, highest, or highest regarded kid that Tom Izzo brought in last year. It's one of the best he's brought in the last like five years. Watch Michigan State play in the games that Xavier Booker has played. And that will tell you why Xavier Booker should not be playing 20 to 25 to 30 minutes like every fan wants because they all think if you have a five-star thing next to your name that you have to play all the time. I've watched him play enough in these first few games. He hasn't played in the last three games, but I've watched him play against Georgia Southern and Alcorn State. And he just isn't ready, and that's okay. But he is – I think he's accepted that, and that's the important thing because you just don't want him to transfer. But they really lack a five-man. It's killing him, Cole. Uh, they last year 
were so good towards the end of the year because they had a stretch five and they basically went small ball. They got to the end of the game. They played Tyson Walker, Jay Nakins, A.J. Hogard, Malik Hall, and Joey Hauser. And that was their lineup. And Joey Hauser, if you put him in a pick and roll, he was going to shoot at least, I think he's like a 45% three-point shooter. That's elite from the five, man. That's elite from any position. And they're really, really struggling with that. Now, here's the thing. You look at their games, they've lost, okay? James Madison, they lost. And to be honest, they're getting lucky that James Madison is going to be undefeated for their non-conference because that is a bad loss. Like, it's a, it's not getting viewed as bad of a loss because they're now, like, I think they're top 20 in the country or something. Number 20, 9-0. Yeah. So they're 20 and they're 9-0, and they don't play a power five, or a group of five team. Or not group, I'm in my wrong sports. They don't play a high major team until the end, or they don't for the rest of the year. So they're going to probably continue to build up that record. They play Duke. It's a two-score game with a minute left. That's a thing. Arizona, they're up with four points with two minutes left. It's just small things that they're not finishing games at all. Nebraska, they're up three with four minutes left. They don't finish it. Wisconsin was the only game I watched from start to finish with Michigan State where they just got – no, they didn't get punked because Michigan State got it down to one with seven minutes left. They're just lacking that piece, and they're not playing like the veteran team you would have hoped for. Um, and it's funny because I think this is a game they're going to win on Saturday. I really do. I think this is a perfect chance to do it. Uh, you've had a whole week to practice. Uh, you're playing in Detroit, which for Michigan State is a huge alumni base. And I think it's a great chance to win, and then you get three non-conference games before Big Ten. But if they lose, I mean they're four and six, which is a realistic thing. Like they're there's a they're going to be favored to lose, obviously. But yeah, they're not doing as good. Um, but really quickly about Baylor, Baylor's got an outstanding freshman. Uh, stats aren't as good as you would maybe have thought, given how he started the year. But Jacoby Walter, uh, this kid's going to be a top ten pick in the draft. He is so fun to watch play. I watched them play uh, Auburn. It was their first game of the year. And he was dynamic. Uh, Ray J. Dennis, very good transfer from Toledo. I had to play against, or not me, but Western Michigan, we played against him for two years. And that kid was so good. And that was at that level. And he's even improved going to Baylor. So Baylor's a great team. Baylor's a team you're going to see in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, and so I hope this is one that Michigan State could get, kind of get off the hump and win a big game in Detroit, which I have tickets for, Cole, but they moved the game. It was an 8 o'clock tip in downtown Detroit, and they moved the game to 2 o'clock because the Lions game got flexed to Saturday night, and we have a Christmas party, and I can't go anymore. So really bummed out about that. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that, that's a, it's always nice to go to Little Caesars. It is a really nice arena. So that's stuff you don't get to go. Um, NC2, really good really good teams play. Um, Michigan State, I was high on them. I do think they're a good team. I think they, they can always turn around. This is this lack of performance is lasting a little longer than I would say uh, anyone who's followed Michigan State is used to. Um, but I think uh, the good news is you have a really good opportunity this week to uh, have a momentum swinging win against a top 10 team. Um, and that can really change. That can You can look at this game if you win it um, as, okay, this is the turning point. This is when we got to figure out. This is when the momentum flipped in our favor. Um, they can put their head down and just go on a tear through the Big Ten um, and finish out their non-conference uh, slate. But I, 
This, they have a big opportunity. Uh, it would be a little defeating. They definitely wouldn't be out of it if they lost, not by any means. They still have plenty of opportunity. Um, but it, I think it would be a little defeating for them if they uh, came away um, with a loss here because that would mean pretty much every big game they've played in, in this non-conference schedule and with the first two conference games were a loss. And that's obviously not what you want if you're Michigan State. But Saturday... Um, another few games. Kansas plays Indiana. That's just going to be a fun battle of two traditional historic programs. Indiana seven and two. Wisconsin or Kansas is number two in the country, nine and one. Indiana is not ranked, um, but this game is at Indiana, so it's always a fun game at Assembly Hall. Um, Alabama uh, goes on the road to play Creighton. Um, Alabama is no longer ranked, but I still think it could be. It's a really good game, and Creighton's a really good team. Um, and that's what we have for. Um, for Saturday. Also, Florida Atlantic, St. Bonaventure. Just keep an eye on it. St. Bonnie's very good program for, for one of those smaller schools. So uh, see if they can uh, stop the steam that is uh, the Florida Atlantic Owls. Um, and then Friday, another big one against two teams that have been pretty much the two of the best teams over the last 20 years in this sport. Uh, number five, UConn uh, plays uh, number 10, Gonzaga. Um and yeah, Jeff, walk us through, through this game a little bit. I think it's going to be a really fun game Friday night. Good way to end your week. Two good programs. Uh, what do you think about it? Yeah, let's just give a credit to UConn for playing probably one of, if not the hardest schedules from a top team this year. I mean, you look at who they've played already. They've In Indiana, I'm obviously not giving the love to like a top team, but they are a good program. They're good this year. Um, just not as good as they've been in the past, but they've played Indiana, Texas, and then you look at their December so far, crazy. They started the year or the, the month off at Kansas, not an easy place ever to go play a game at. They then played North Carolina in the Jimmy V Classic in New York at the Garden. And now they're playing Gonzaga on the road. Now, this isn't at Gonzaga, but it's in Seattle. Uh, I think it's where the I think it's where the Kraken play in downtown Seattle. And then they're going to go and they're going to play uh, and they're going to start conference play. So they, they've played a gauntlet of a schedule. And to be honest with you, watching this team, they're better than they were last year. And that's saying something as the team that won the national champion. But they have so many scoring options. Uh, Donovan Klingen is the guy that kind of took over for Adama Sonogo, who was the best player on last year's team. Uh, but where they've really improved, Tristan Newton has taken a huge jump. He's their point guard. Um, he is kind of your do-it-all guy. I mean, you look at him right now, 17 a game, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, good transfer from Rutgers, Cam Spencer. I mean, I watched him play a lot in the Big Ten last year. Uh, he's a he's a very, very good shooter and exactly what you need when you got a good ball handler in Tristan Newton. Alex Caravan, he's a dynamic wing. I mean, he's he's not the most athletic kid, but he's very versatile. I mean, 6'8", Averaging almost 16 a game. And then a kid that's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft, Stefan Castle, really dynamic uh, guard. He's kind of your combo guard type. Um, I like this UConn team a lot. Uh, I picked them to win the uh, Big East in a bet I made this year, and I'm I'm a big fan of them. Interesting enough, uh, Gonzaga's weird this year because it's not the type in the last five years where they've either had Timmy, Chet, um, that they've kind of been the guys. This year they don't really have that guy, but what they have is a starting lineup that all averages double-figure points. 
and they have one of the best coaches in college basketball. So you look at you look at this matchup. Uh, I don't know who would be favored. I honestly think UConn probably is going to be favored, Cole, when we see the line come out. Um, but it's going to be one of those pick 'em games. Uh, this is going to be a high level game. It's going to be a fun game. Ten o'clock Friday night. Eight o'clock for Cole in Phoenix. Uh, great game. Tune into this one. Watch this one. You're going to see a high level college basketball game. Yeah, I uh, I was not like you. Um, I thought we'd see a little bit of a drop off from UConn this year. Um, but good for them. They have they've really just come back. Like you said, actually better than ever. Um, they're all, when your only loss is at Kansas. I mean, that is, that's not a bad resume. Um, I do think, and it's, and it was a one, like it was right down to yeah. the end, which is even crazier, obviously. Yeah. yeah I, I like this Kansas team or not this Kansas, this, this, uh, this Gonzaga team as well. I do. I I've always liked Ryan Nimhard. Um, he has leading the team and assists. He has, he's playing 33 minutes a game. Um, he is their floor general. He's the guy that trusts the ball. Um, Graham Ike, I think he's a transfer out of Wyoming, I think, but he has, uh, he has been there. Like you said, they're all kind of scoring it in double figures. Um, he's their leading scorer right now, averaging 14 points a game and eight rebounds, um, shooting, uh, basically 60% from the field. Um, it's, this is a team that can get hot. And like you said, like these, both these teams are very competent teams with very good coaches. Um, and they're top 10 for a reason. I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, I, I look at, yeah, it's just it's just going to be a really, really fun game. Might be just because of the, their colors, but I just look at Gonzaga as the UConn of the West. Um, and so uh, it really could be as I'm a simple man. It could just be as simple as they have similar colors. Um, but it's, it's going to be a fun game for sure. And I... I mean, who knows? Could be a this could be a future March matchup. So yeah, it's crazy if you look at UConn. I mean, in our lifetime, Cole, this team has won the most national championships. Like, it's it's kind of one of those like under the radar things. Obviously, everybody knows UConn's a premier program, but this team has won I think three of them in our lifetime, and that's just that's crazy. And they have a legit chance to do it again this year. And I mean. I'm going to have a fun time. I think Cole and I are going to record an episode this weekend. It's going to be primarily college basketball breakdown of an amazing Saturday. We'll obviously get some football in there, but college basketball is here. Uh, Obviously, we're going to get into it a lot more on the podcast going forward, but we love talking hoops, Cole. Yes, we do, Um, but it is bowl season, and don't forget you have a limited amount of time left to get your first picks in for Saturday. Get your picks in college football, Capital One, Bull Mania. Look, if I get first, like one, I mean, I just assert myself over everyone who listens and and follows this that I am just better than everyone, and I need this. I need this big bounce back after my record uh, for the A plus picks this year. Um, I I'm still deciding. Maybe I'll hold on. Maybe I'll just you know the 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 money's for me. But also maybe I'll be a kind soul and give it to to the second place voter. Either way, do your best. Do not even give me the option to have to choose if I'm going to keep or give away the money. Um, but I'm just saying I'm probably better than everyone who's going to play. Um, and I if we're putting money down, I mean all my money would be placed on me minus ten and a half wins over everyone else. I think I'm going to be way better. Uh, so yeah, let's prove me wrong. Come play, uh, come ride. You, you have full permission to talk all the crap you want to me if you beat me. And if you beat Jeff, 
Um, talk even more crap. I love it. That is a perfect way to sell our Bowl Mania group that is on the Twitter. It's on the Instagram. Uh, we have, I think, double digits already in there, and a lot of the people I've told to join have not joined. Uh, there's a lot of people I don't recognize the names from, so maybe it's getting out there, and there's people on Twitter that are seeing it. Uh, I did get a few guy. A guy uh, asked us on Twitter for the password, and I've I don't know who the guy is, and I'll, you don't know who the guy is either. So it's it's awesome. Like that's how that's what we want this to become. Share it with people. I mean, I don't care who joins this, it, and I, I'll Venmo whoever if they win this thing. It I just need to put your name in the thing so I know who you are. At least that helps Cole and I a lot. But other than that, get those picks in. Uh, enjoy a great weekend of college football and college basketball. And we will see you next week for a recap episode on an amazing weekend in sports.